This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today as we dive into this new year. Um, I hope you, you all had a chance to catch uh, my show last week. I spoke about a little trip I had at the end of last year and the story of all about resilience and the little island of Montserrat down in the Caribbean. So uh, it was quite a good show. I hope you had a chance to catch that. Um, really looking forward to my return guest today uh, coming on. But first, of course, I have my little section of my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, uh, so I want to uh, get things going. So let's get started with that right now. Uh, this section is entitled Living up to our commitments is about more than keeping our word. Kind of following the theme of integrity that we started last week. Commitment is about much more than just making a decision. Yet it starts with a decision. A decision that has been weighed carefully, outcomes considered, and, and the responsibilities that go with that commitment. Unfortunately, we're not always the best predictors of what's involved. All too often we commit to something without truly considering the full implications. Once the full consequences of the commitment are revealed, we may then retreat and may even end up breaking our commitment. When we start taking our commitments more seriously, treating them as something sacred, we may not get into them so easily. And when we do commit, our word is our bond and we fully live up to it. If we find we are having a hard time living up to all of our commitments, then it is time to examine how we enter into our commitments and whether we are truly reflecting on what it means to make a commitment in the first place. We can all do better around our commitments if we just take our time before entering them really reflect upon them, and only commit when we are confident it is in alignment with our heart and our spirit. How do you enter into your commitments? Have you ever taken time to examine how seriously you take those commitments? Is your word your bond? So I wrote this section a while ago, and, and it really came from a conversation I had with someone about how important it is how we enter into something, how we enter into a relationship, how we enter into our decisions, how we enter into a room. And I remember around that time, there were some issues around somebody kind of not living up to their commitments. And I really sat and thought about it for a while because there were a lot of people who I know who were very well-meaning um, and, and they really like to help people. But I noticed a lot of people, like they, they would make a commitment or they would say, yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then somehow they just don't end up showing up. They don't actually fulfill upon those commitments. And, and I really kind of struggled because I know that they were good people, but why were they so difficult for them to meet, um, fulfill their commitments? And, and this is sort of what came up for me is this idea that when we make a commitment, we actually are very well intentioned. We really do want to um, do the thing we say we want to do. Yet 
we make that commitment without fully weighing everything involved in making the commitment. And, and I know I, I've done this myself. There are times when I've broken commitments that I felt really bad about it. And I was like, why did I even commit in the first place? And it's because we, we want to do something. We, we, we intend to do it, but then we don't really consider everything involved. How much time is there involved? Resources? What else do we have going on? And, and whether we can really fully say, yes, I'm absolutely going to be there. I'm going to do this for you. And so that really got me to see commitments in a, in a different way and to see actually the importance of really taking time to make our commitments. Uh, I remember the gentleman who I've had on the show, Stephen Robolito, who's a human design uh, uh, facilitator. He uh, told me that, and this, he told me like eight years ago, maybe more, nine years ago, that for my design, the, the best thing I can do whenever anyone asks me to do anything is to always say, I need to sleep on it. I need some time to think about it. And, and I didn't quite fully realize at the time what he was saying and, and the importance of it. Um, but now I really do get it that before I commit to something, I really need to take the time to weigh it. And, and even if I'm feeling all enthusiastic in the moment, can I really live up to this? What other commitments do I have? And, and if I'm really going to make this commitment, like, is my word going to be my bond? Am I going to live up to this the best I can? Now, look, even if we do all of this, we're still going to break commitments sometimes. And, and that's just being a human being. And then it's just about, okay, how do we clean it up? You know, either what can we do to make it up to the person? What do we learn from it? And how do we keep ourselves from making the same mistake in the future? So I would just love for people to uh, really consider um, when you're making your commitments and, and commitments can be, you know, small things this week, just think about, hmm, you know, can I really fulfill this? What does it mean for me to say, yeah, I'm going to do this? Can I really do it? Can I really live up to it? And should I maybe not commit so quickly to it? Or maybe I commit to it, but with a qualifier. Yes, I'm happy to do this for you if this happens for me. Or I will do this for you if this happens. So that the person understands that your commitment is dependent upon other things. So let, let's sit with that. Let, let's stay with that. Think about that for a little while. And uh, let's see uh, how that goes over the next week, okay? Um, yeah commitment. It, it's really, really huge. So I think when we all learn to enter in commitments in, in a better way, that uh, it, it will help us in the future, it will help our relationship with other people, it, it'll serve us in, in a variety of different ways. All right, well, it is my pleasure now to introduce to you returning guests. And I can't remember how long it's been, but, but, but Dr. Sam Osmanagic, I've had on my show a long, long time ago, and, and I just thought it would be great to have him come back on. And Dr. Osmanagic is the discoverer of the Bosnian pyramids. Yes, there are pyramids in Bosnia. And in the, he's the principal investigator of the project. Uh, uh, I believe known as the Temple of the Sun and the Moon. There, there are many others. Uh, uh, there are actually several there. He has a PhD in Mayan pyramids from the University of Sarajevo. He's the director of the Center of Archaeology at the U American University in Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, founder of the Archaeological Park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation in Sarajevo. He's also a foreign member of the Russian Academy of Natural Sciences and the Croatian Academy of Science and Art. Dr. Osmanagic, I hope I'm getting your name right, Dr. Sam, is, is, is also the author of 16 books on pyramids from around the world and ancient civilizations, and his books have been translated into 17 different languages. 
Um, he's the recipient of the United States Congressional Certificate of Recognition for continuous support in promoting cultural and economic independence for people new to the United States. He's an honoree of the Amelia B. Edwards Award for Outstanding Research and Advancement of Knowledge of Pyramids Around the World. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Dr. Sam. All right, thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot start the video. Mm. I don't know if uh, you did not let me. Um, I will double Have, have you disabled screen sharing? Uh, I shouldn't, the screen sharing shouldn't be an issue, but you know what? I will make you, uh, actually, I'm going to ask my engineer, Kyle, to make you a co-host as well. Um, so if you're co-host, you, you should be fine. Um, but, uh, until we get that resolved, I'm not quite sure. I know I had this problem with people the other day. Zoom must've made a, a change to their, uh, 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 security settings or something that, that did this but i definitely did not purposely uh, stop you from being able to turn your video on but uh let, let's just go as we can and, and hopefully during our first commercial break we'll try and get this sorted out okay all right so um it, it's been a few years since we had you on the show just for people who, who um didn't uh, uh catch our our original interview and i can't even remember how long that was uh, just to let them know, what got you into uh, archaeology? What really gave you this passion and this love for understanding our history and our past? Yes, gladly. For the last four decades, I have been involved in the pyramid and megalithic sites research. I've realized that almost everything they teach us about the pyramids is wrong. They tell us that pyramids were built in Egypt and Mexico, and that's wrong because they've been built on all six continents. Mm. I have investigated pyramids in Australia, Gympie Pyramid, Eastern Coast, China, 250 of them in the Shanxi province. Uh. We have Koh Ker Pyramid in Cambodia, Gunung Padang, 24,000-year pyramid in Western Java, Indonesia. We have seven pyramids on the island of Mauritius, 224 wow. Nubian pyramids in the northern Sudan, 155 Egyptian pyramids, not only three of them at the Giza Plateau. Right. 104 pyramids on Canary Islands, most of wow. them on the island of Tenerife. They are mm -hmm. step pyramids. 300 pyramids in Peru, Acapena Pyramid Complex in Bolivia. My PhD, as you mentioned, are about the Mayan pyramids in the countries that we know today as the countries of Mexico, Guatemala, mm -hmm. Honduras, El Salvador, and Belize. And we have more than 100,000 pyramids. Yes, 97% of them are still covered by soil and vegetation they are in the jungles and forests and only three percent a few thousand of them have been um, uh, we, are, we are able to see them by our naked eyes on the mm -hmm. u.s soil we have 120 pyramids in the state of illinois which are named Cahokia mm -hmm. Mounds. Mounds, However, yes. they are not mounds. They are structures and they are stepped pyramids. Mm -hmm. In Europe, in Spain, three Palencia pyramids, five complexes of pyramids in Italy, 43 on the island of Sicily, one on Sardinia, 16 in ancient Greek, and finally, we have pyramids in Bosnia. So very early, I realized that pyramids are actually built everywhere. Now, the second thing they teach us wrong is the purpose of pyramids. They tell us in Egypt, they were built as tombs for the pharaohs. Mm -hmm. However, not a single pyramid in Egypt out of 155 has mummy. No mummies. No oh. bones. Oh. 
no hieroglyphic writings, no tools, no organic materials, no royal furniture, not a single proof who, when, how, and why. Mm. Now, of course, the mummies of the pharaohs were buried, but in the Valley of Kings, 200 miles to the south from the Giza Plateau. So in 21st century, Sam, we will have to learn about the true purpose of pyramids. Wonderful. Let's hold it there. Let's hold it there for a moment because we need to take our first break. Um, and and I, I think it laid a nice foundation of of letting our listeners know that what we think we know about pyramids, we probably need to open our minds up and reconsider what we think we know about pyramids. Um, so let, let's take our first break. And when we come back, let, let's dive into a little bit more about that um, and and what you've discovered actually may be the real uh, purpose of pyramids <clears throat> excuse me they're about them not being tombs <clears throat> oh, excuse me and um hopefully you can get your video started um so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we do this every thursday 12 noon to 1 p.m eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc and all over facebook live um i see loyal listeners patty and sanaya on on facebook tuning in thank you and uh we will be right back with our guest dr sam osmanagic after these messages Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Dr. Osman Agic, um, I, I take it you still can't get your video started, huh? Unfortunately, no. I've been trying huh. to fix it, but no. I don't know why. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep going. Um, so as you mentioned, with all the pyramids in Egypt, they actually didn't find any mummies in there. So why did they always assume that they were a, a, a burial uh, or they were a tomb of some kind when, as you mentioned, all the mummies were found in the Valley of the Kings? Well, that's what they've been telling us for the last 240 years, ever since mm-hmm. Napoleon came with the French scientists at the beginning of the 19th century. Uh, and the British continued that tradition 
but the science should be based on scientific arguments. And right now, we do not have any to claim that those pyramids were built by the fourth dynasty pharaohs, Cheops or Khufu, Kefren, Maseren, Sneferu, and the others. Mm. But our research is actually helping us to understand what was the purpose of pyramids, therefore to try to figure out their age and the builders. And I will come to that, Sam. 17 years back, in 2005, I first came to Bosnian town of Visoko in central Bosnia. I came to visit the local museum, but what really caught my attention was this, everybody called it hill, which had four sides, four triangular faces, four obvious corners, the same slope from bottom to the top. And even though it was covered and still is by soil, vegetation, pine trees, which, by the way, was planted back in 1960s and 1970s, I could see regular geometry. And based on my uh, 30, 40 years of experience with the pyramids around the world, and having in mind that uh, pyramids in China, Mexico, or Guatemala, they are completely covered by soil, I immediately knew that it was an artificial structure, which after thousands of years, have been covered by soil. I took compass and compass showed me that those four sides perfectly match the cardinal points, east, west, north, and south. Mother nature does not make hills like that. So back in 2005, I started excavation, getting the permissions from the regional ministry of culture, I started as a physical person. Everything I did, geological core drilling, archaeological trenches, lab analysis, they were telling me anomaly, anomaly, anomaly. So I wrote a book. I announced the news to the world that first pyramids in Europe have been discovered. Mm -hmm. And in the last 16 years, when I established non-profit, non-government foundation, under the name Archaeological Park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation. It has become the most active archaeological site in the world. Every year, hundreds of volunteers, so far from 63 countries and six wow. continents. They've been coming to our site, working with our archaeologists, geologists, engineers, and other experts, and our team of diggers, and we have proven that we have a huge pyramid complex consisting of six pyramids, which we named the pyramids of the sun, moon, dragon, earth, love, and the sixth pyramid with the tumulus complex. Tumulus is the artificial conical hill and with huge network of prehistorical underground tunnels wow. below the Bosnian Valley of Pyramids. <coughs> We have discovered six different entrances to those tunnels on wow. two different levels. And uh, this network is at least 60 miles in length. Wow. So from the construction point of view, we have a huge archaeological discovery. Have in mind that the key structure in the valley, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, mm -hmm. with its height of uh, more than 1,200 feet is the largest uh, pyramid structure on the planet. Wow. The orientation to the north, which is a very important feature. All Chinese pyramids are oriented to the north, cosmic north, mm -hmm. all Egyptian north, Peru north, Indonesia, Cambodia, and so on. So far, we thought that the best orientation is uh, from the Great Pyramid of Egypt. It has... Right very small uh, it's off uh, from the perfect north for uh, zero degrees and three minutes it's almost uh, nothing very precise the second mm -hmm. one kafre zero degrees three minutes my seren zero degrees 18 minutes and the bosnian pyramid of the sun zero degrees zero 
minutes and wow. only 12, 12 seconds. So it's the most precise on the planet. So let, let, let me, I just want to bring up a couple of points before I forget. So you mentioned how you've had so many volunteers from like all across the world. So these yeah. volunteers who've helped you with all these discoveries, they're just like average people, right? They're not archaeological students or PhD candidates or anything. It's just like anybody could come and, and help with these discoveries. So, so that is, is something very unique, isn't it, in the way you're doing archaeology? Because most archaeological digs, you have to be have some kind of background. You have to be somehow involved in it in order to get involved with the dig. Isn't that correct? You are absolutely right. What we have here is the most open archaeological project in the world. No mm. secrets whatsoever. Mm. If you want to dig in Egypt, you cannot just go there and start digging at the pyramid sites. Right, right. You have to come from the university. You have to be approved by Egyptian Supreme Council of Antiquities. In our case, anybody can come. Of course, we do have archaeological. Uh, archaeology students, geological faculties, sure, and so sure. on. But we have people, you know, from different walks of life. We have engineers, we have astronomers, mm. we have students, we have, you know, just ordinary workers. We have uh, people who are retired. We have people from mm. 8 years to 84 years old. It's a wonderful atmosphere there. And those people, they become part of the discovery. They discover new sections of prehistorical tunnels. They discover uh, under the layers of soil on the Sun Pyramid, the concrete blocks artificially made. They discover artifacts, they discover organic materials, and that's very exciting because the age of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, according to the radiocarbon dating, is uh -huh. 29,200 years plus minus 400 years. So we go back to the past for wow. Thousand years. Thousand years. Now that's much, much older than you know. Our history books even tell us that modern civilization has existed. So this is really kind of indicating that civilization is much older than we think it is. That is correct. Officially, our advanced civilization is about seven thousand years old. Sumerians right. were the first one. However, right. fifty years back. British claim that Sumerians are, were about 4,000 years old. Well, today we know that uh, certain sites like in Palestine territory, uh, Jericho is 11,500, that Lepensky uh, in Serbia, 11,500, that uh, Gobekli Tepe in Eastern Turkey, more mm. than 13,600. So, you know, we moved that boundary. But when we see some of the artifacts, like Egyptian uh, uh, king list, which is called Turin king list, it's in uh, Turin, Italy, mm -hmm. it shows that the first Egyptian rulers came or ascended from the sky, from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth, 42,600 years back. And the most wow. exciting discovery there is a so-called Sumerian king list, which mm -hmm. shows that the first Sumerian rulers came to Sumer 273,500 years ago. Now, it completely uh, changes what we've been thinking about the ancient history. So when we say that right. the Bosnian pyramids are about 30,000 years, it does not surprise me. Ah, I see. I see. Um, so again, it's it, now we're having to rethink even more about history. So the first thing is we thought pyramids or we were told pyramids were tombs. There actually isn't any evidence of that. Plus, uh, we're now being now you're finding out that these things, these amazing structures are even older than that. And I know we have to go to a break, but just quickly before we go to a break, I think I remember, I don't remember if it was you or someone else that I heard from or I read somewhere that there's certain on the pyramids in Egypt that one evidence that they're much older than we, we've considered is that there's some weathering on the pyramids that indicate that it was actually a wet climate, which hasn't been the case in Egypt in in tens of thousands of years. You are completely right. It is case of Egyptian pyramids and of the Sphinx. That uh, this weathering was coming from the floods 
and the last flood was 12,000 years ago. So the pyramids and the Sphinx are much older than 12,000. So we will need to redefine the time frame even for the Egyptian pyramids. Uh, okay. All right. Great. Great. All right. It's time for us to take our second break. When we come back, um, let's start to talk about uh, what you found might be the real purpose for these pyramids. And the fact, mm-hmm. and I also want to get into after we talk about that, just the fact of, of, that there were pyramids all over the globe that, you know, we, we have such a mindset that it's, oh, pyramids are something you find in Egypt. But but as you mentioned, they're all over, they're in China, they're in Japan, they're, they're in all over Europe, they're everywhere. Why, you know, your conjecture of, of why it is, why are pyramidal structures so popular around the world, okay? Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. I see also Janet checking in on the, the Facebook Live. L- listen, if anyone on the Facebook Live have, have any questions for Dr. Osmanagic about pyramids, about archaeology, about the, 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 uh, uh, how old history actually is, please feel free to type them in on, on the Facebook Live on, on, the, uh, on the comment section. So we will be right back with Dr. Sam Osmanagic right after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Dr. Sam Osmanagic, a discoverer of the Bosnian Pyramid. So, so Dr. Osmanagic, and I've posted the, the link to um, the Bosnian Pyramid uh, uh, website. Um, as you mentioned earlier, there is no evidence that, that pyramids are actually burial structures, that they're, they're tombs of any kind. What have you discovered in your research of pyramids of, of what does it actually seem like the pyramids uh, actual function are? One would ask himself or herself, how come that 200 years of Egyptology has not produced the true purpose of Egyptian pyramids? Well, the answer is very simple. They do not have an interdisciplinary scientific approach. You have Mm -hmm. Egyptologists and archaeologists exclusively on those sites. They cannot figure out the true purpose of pyramids. What we do in Bosnia, we have opened a project for experts from different fields, from classical like archaeology, Egyptology, geology, biology, paleontology, to high-tech 
georadar, geothermal, satellite, to energy experts, physicists, electrical engineers, sound engineers, telecommunication engineers, and medical doctors. With the teams of scientists, our conclusion is that the pyramids are actually energy amplifiers, or shortly, mm. they are energy machines. How do we know that? Because we have measured that. Below the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, we have an iron plate. Iron generates electromagnetic field. The pyramid amplifies this field. At the base and at the top, after the measurement, we concluded that at the top, the strength of the signal is 50 times stronger. Below the pyramid, as a second form of energy, we have underground water flow. Water moves, it releases negative ions. The right. pyramid amplifies the concentration of negative ions. How do we know that? Because we measure it. We use the air ion counters. These are the instruments from the Alpha Lab company in the US. In the tunnels, on the pyramid, we have concentrations which are 50, 60, 80 times stronger than the negative ion concentration on the top of the mountains. The next one, below the pyramid, another water flow, between the two, we have charge, electricity. The pyramid pulls this electricity, and then through the very top of the pyramid, we have energy beam, which we record it. It is electrical in nature. It's 28 kilohertz frequency. It's focused, it's continuous during all four seasons during the year. And uh, this beam is called in the science, Tesla's scalar waves. Tesla, of course, the brilliant mind of Nikola Tesla. Yes. And the scalar waves, they move they transport the energy and information much quicker than the speed of light. Therefore, they are ideal for the communication on long distances. So now we are coming to the first purpose of the pyramid energy, communication device. The next one, in the network of tunnels, we have nine elements that create that place which is the safest and the healthiest on the planet. Which nine elements? Well, the first five, we've been measuring energy phenomena and we can record their absence. No harmful cosmic radiations in the tunnels, but yes, in your office and when we walk the streets. The second one, no natural underground radioactivity. The third one, no geopathogenic radiation. The fourth one, no signal for the mobile for the cell phones. The fifth one, no Wi-Fi signal, completely protected. For the first time in our life, when we enter the tunnels, our body cells don't have those enemies coming from the harmful cosmic radiation or Wi-Fi or cell phones. So our body cells can start doing their job. What is their job? To fix the problems in our body, to start the regeneration process. The element number six, seven, and eight, and nine. Number six, we have the best electromagnetic field. It's 28 kilohertz. That's the field of our planet. Number seven, the best ultrasound frequency, also 28 kilohertz in science. It is called the levitation frequency. Number eight, we have very low, extremely low frequency of 7.83 hertz in science it is called the original schumann resonance ah yes and number nine high concentration of negative ions what negative ions do they clean our body from the microbes right. viruses right. including corona bacteria fungi they raise the level of oxygen in our body we are more productive so those nine elements create underground tunnel network as the safest on the planet. So our second conclusion, as far as the purpose of pyramids was they are there to protect what is the most precious to us, our health. Oh. 
Okay. Purpose number three. We discovered several sections with the water, small underground lakes under the Pyramid Valley. We have compared the water to our city water, to mm. bottled water, much better quality. It is not treated with the harmful chlorine, fluorides, no traces of heavy metals, no traces of uh, plastic particles, like we have in the city water. In the pyramid water, it uh, has a, a very good frequency, very good vibration. It is actually some type of the healing water because it has been exposed only to the good elements, like the best uh, frequency of electromagnetic field, ultrasound, negative ions. So the third purpose of the pyramid energy to improve the molecular structure of the most important liquid in our life, water. Water. Yeah. Number four, food. It improves the structure of the food. It uh, grows much quicker, richer, healthier. Number five, to boost our immunity. Number six, to um, improve our spiritual abilities. Number seven, to clear and clean our blood. Number eight, to clean the atmosphere, Number nine, and so on and so forth. So wow. our conclusion, the pyramids are there to amplify natural energy sources and to get very useful energies that can really improve our life. So instead of the concept that those huge structures were built for one dead body, we are coming to opposite one. They are built mm -hmm. to serve the communities and last thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Fascinating, fascinating. So it's actually the opposite. They're like, they're healing and, and, um, and regenerative structures, not structures yes. dedicated to death. Yes. So I, I'm just curious. You you found all the all this evidence. Have you had any um, uh, practical evidence? Like, have people come who had some challenges and and their health mm -hmm. actually improved yes. from being inside the pyramid? Yes. You see, our site in 2018 had. 40,000 visitors, 2019, 50,000, 2020, Corona year, 84,000. Last year, 2021, 136,000. So a few years from now, we're going to have hundreds of thousands, half a million and so on. Why people are coming? It's a huge archaeological and scientific discovery. It has energy aspects. It has spiritual aspects. It has healing aspect. And it seems only when you have such approach to ancient sites, the sites of ancient technology, like megalithic sites, for example, Stonehenge in UK, Avery Hill, or sites in France, in Sweden, Israel, and other places, plus the pyramids all around the planet, then we can figure out how knowledgeable those ancient builders were. When it comes to the healing aspect, every year we have hundreds upon hundreds of healing testimonials. Now, we always say that uh, we are foundation which was registered for archaeological scientific work. We don't deal with the healing. We don't give medical guarantees. But when people approach us and they give their testimonials, we record that and we put it on our YouTube channel. And precisely, for example, people come with a high sugar in the blood, high glucose in the blood. Mm -hmm. In Europe, the way we measure them, 3.2 to 6.2, normal level, 6.2 to 10, risky group, above 10, diabetes. People come with 10 or 12. After one visit only, it drops to 5.5. People mm -hmm. come with a high blood pressure, for example, 180 over 120. After one visit, it gets normalized, 120 over 80. People will come with all kinds of pains. The pains are gone. People come with the respiratory problems. For example, asthma. They use the, those inhalators, the air pumps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One, two, or you know, five visits, they don't need air pumps no more. 
people wow. come with very major, very serious problems, tumors, cancers. We can see the revolutionary improvement of their health. So what we have now, people would come to this town of Visoko for a week, for 10 days. They go to the tunnels twice a day, one hour each. Mm. And uh, after a few days, they see that their health is improved. So wow. this is really the blessing. And now we are proving that pyramids had a multi-purpose. And one of them, the health, was so important then to the ancient builders. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Okay. It's time for us to take our last break of the show. It's, it's never enough time to chat with you. It's a, so, it's a fascinating topic. But when we come back in our last few minutes, I would just love to explore if the same things you found in other pyramids around the world, and then what does that mean for today? How can we use what you've learned from these sites to help us today? Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc. We'll be right back with our guest, Dr. Sam Osmanagic, right after this. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, Dr. Osmanagic, we've been talking about a number of different things, primarily around the Bosnian pyramids that, that you've discovered. But, but this idea of them being energy centers, healing centers, communication centers, is this something that you've been able to uh, replicate your findings in other pyramids around the world? I have been researching many pyramids around the world. Unfortunately, most of the sites are closed. Mm. Um, when it comes to the research investigation, they don't want people to come with their scientific instruments, let alone dig in. But based on uh, some experience, for example, we climbed the Red Pyramid in Egypt. In, it's in the area called Dakhshur. We measured at the base and at the top. The results were the same like in Bosnia at the top 50 uh. times stronger signal. Then I used some non-invasive cameras and instruments telling me that again, we have some active pyramids as the energy machines. For example, the second largest in Egypt, Kafre. Now, mm-hmm. the question is, what does that mean and how we can use that today in 21st century? Mm-hmm. You see, the ancients were very smart. They were using natural materials they were applying the elements of sacred geometry. 
What are the right. elements of sacred geometry? Number pi, 3.14, number phi or golden section, uh, equilateral triangle, hexagon, and so on. Once they had that, they, would, they were getting the energy movement. So what we have in our case, look at the concept of the ancients. They were getting clean energy, mm-hmm. unlimited quantities of energies, and free energy. What do we have today or in the last 250 years? We have coal, dirty industry. We have oil and gas, limited sources. We have nuclear energy, which contaminates our planet for Chernobyl to Fukushima and back, even as we speak. And then we have very expensive energy, which allows less than 0.000, 2% of the people to have more than 90% of the resources on the planet. And most of us, regular, you know, ordinary people, we have almost nothing. We fight from first to first or from Friday to Friday, from paycheck to paycheck and so on. So we have two different concepts of energy. Hmm. One was from the past, which was obviously fair concept, clean, unlimited, free the one that we have today, we have, uh, I'm sorry, we have limited today, we have dirty, we have very expensive. So that one thing tells us a lot. The second thing, the water, which is becoming so precious resource today, the water that we drink, which is uh, treated by chlorine, it's a poison. Fluorides, you know, Sam, 60 years back, fluorides were used exclusively as the poison for rats. Why are they adding fluorides to our water? Have no idea. The third one, the you know, heavy metals or stuff like that. So it seems like somebody is doing everything to harm us. Instead, that you know, we are free, that we have access to the clean water, non-GMO food, and so on. So everything is so wrong today. We need to get back to the original, you know. Uh, factory, I would say, days when, you know, we live in harmony with the nature. Right, right. So it's learning about really working with nature, not looking at nature as our enemy. Uh, I'm curious, is there some kind of difference, you know, we tend to think of the the pyramids in Egypt, and and obviously the structure in Bosnia is um, a very angular pyramid. And pyramids in other places like in mexico like i've been to chichen itza it's a stepped pyramid yes is is there some kind of energetic difference between those two types of pyramids excellent question of course there are if you have different angle uh, then you are getting different frequencies if you are getting different materials you are getting different results the idea for the pyramid material was always to be extremely hard and good quality. In Egypt, they were using limestone and granite, granite from Aswan, which is 500 miles to the south. In Mexico, they were using sandstone and granite. In Peru, they were using adobe bricks. Bricks were made from sand and from clay and from the water. In China, they were using sandstone and the granite in Bosnia, they were using concrete. Some people call it geopolymer concrete. Some people call it synthetic concrete. So they were using pebbles, rocks, sand, and clay as a binder. And a lot of quartz crystal. Why quartz crystal? Because quartz crystal changes one form of the energy to another one through the process called piezoelectrical effect. So in the case of Bosnia, an electromagnetic field hits the quartz crystal, it trans- the crystal transforms this energy to ultrasound. And the beautiful thing is that we can measure everything. If you can measure, it means you can scientifically prove. So I would say at this point, we are probably 50 years ahead of our colleagues in Mexico, Peru, or China, or America. And you know, when people uh, don't understand stuff, archeologists, historians, what they do, they laugh at you, then they attack you, 
then right. they ignore you. And finally, they accept you like they always knew it was the case. But you have to go through those three, four phases like we've been going through. Right, right. Well, it, it, it's almost time to, to end the show. I, I really uh, wish we had more time to go over everything. Um, you have a, a website where you have several books that are available yes. to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, um, uh, thank you for that. Uh, I have several websites, but on one of them, I have my books free to read, my seven or eight uh, most recent books. The website is very easy to remember, booksbydrsam.com. So www.booksbydrsam.com. Wonderful. And and if people want to learn more about the the pyramids of Bosnia, I mean, since it's open, anyone can go there. Mm-hmm. If people want to learn how to come and yes. volunteer, uh, where would they find that information? Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun.com. Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun.com. We have daily news, you know, impressions of the visitors, archaeological discoveries, invitation to the volunteers project uh, reports they can find everything there wonderful wonderful well dr sam thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show today i'm sorry we couldn't get you on video i'll have to find out uh, what the story is with that um but uh i i hope that you'll let me know if there are any uh, major discoveries that you come up with over the next several months and, and maybe we'll have you come back and give us an update uh when you find something significant okay well, thanks a lot. I'll be happy to uh, call you with the uh, updates. And if people want to know how I look like, just go to the, you know, Google, Dr. Sam, the guy with the hat, that would be me. <laughs> like a modern day uh, Indiana Jones. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much, Dr. Sam. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. Even it goes against conventional wisdom. It definitely educates us. And thank you, my loyal listeners, for tuning in today. I appreciate all of you. Uh, Next week, I have um, a very interesting spiritual teacher coming on board. I hope you'll join us for next week's show. And we have some more announcements, uh, uh, pretty exciting stuff coming up in the future. So make sure uh, if you've not joined our Talking Alternative newsletter, go to talkradio.nyc. Click on the button that says join the tribe and and sign up for our newsletter. Um, Remember, later today at 5 p.m., it's Frank Harrison and his show, Frank About Health. And tomorrow we have our whole block of business shows, uh, Philanthropy and Focus, Always Friday, and The Entrepreneurial Web. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care. We will talk to you next week. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? 
Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.